All right, sci-fi fans, welcome back to part two of episode 85. If you missed part one of the episode, we ranked our bottom five MCU films. So as we kick off part two of the episode, join Marisha, David, and myself in progress as we list our top five MCU films. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Now we can move on to the fun stuff, the stuff that we like to talk about. We can talk about our top five entries and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, Andrew, what is your number five? Captain America Civil War. Hmm. Good Ooh, one. I have that at number 18. I have wow. it low. I don't like Civil War. But tell us, why do you like Civil War? I mean, I, I just love the the action. Um, the, the fight scenes, especially the airport scene, is one of the best overall fight scenes in the MCU. Mm. I like the subtlety of the villain with, yeah. with Zemo. I, when it first came out, I was like, I'm not sure about this, but the more I, I watch it, the more I think about it, the more I like just this real subtle villain that's just been sowing seeds of division. He doesn't. He's too smart to just get into the fray and fight. He's going to make them fight themselves. Yeah, and, I uh, like Zemo a lot. Um, I love the introduction of, I mean, that's where we first meet Black Panther, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so I love that stuff. He's great in the movie. He is. Um, and the fight scene between Iron Man, Cap and Bucky is probably one of my favorite fights in the MCU. It's so well choreographed. It looks great. That is, it's a good fight. That fight's brought down for me because of how boring the location is. Just this concrete room person. Like it just bothers me a lot. Like I just can't get past that. And it's just, it's this weird thing that just, it bothers me so much about it. Same with the airport. Like the airport fight, it, it, it's it's an incredible fight. Something about just like this empty airport is kind of boring. It's kind of like, well, we need a big empty place for Giant Man to be. So right. we'll make it that they fight at the but airport. I, but I, I um, like I like that. I like the fights. I like the I like the way they introduce Spider Man. Spider Man into great. the MCU, like the way they introduced Black Panther into the MCU. Mm-hmm. I just think well, it's a, I think it's a fun and just action flick. It's a great action flick. The plot just hurts it for me. I don't like the Sokovia Accords stuff. That scene where General Ross is like New York, and it's like um, aliens invaded. Right. It's like DC. Oh, uh, Hydra infiltrated the government. That's you, bro. Right. Uh, like, you know, it's. Like Sokovia was Tony's fault, right? Fine. You get one, but like every, it just it just doesn't it just bothers me so much that nobody says things that I feel like are obvious, mm-hmm. right? Um, I really think that they should have just gone with they're fighting over Bucky. Like I think the the plot becomes a little too complicated for its own good. Just make it to where there's this conference, this peace conference going on, and there's a bombing. And the Black Panther, Black Panther's father dies and it's blamed on Bucky and then they're fighting over Bucky, which is kind of what it becomes. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like you forget about the Sokovia Accords thing 
until they're sitting in that room and Tony slides him a pin and is like, hey, you should sign these Sovi- these Sokovia Accords. And it's like, wait, well, oh, are we fighting about that or Bucky? I guess it's both now. Mm-hmm. Oh, but then also there are these other Winter Soldiers that we got to go kill. And that's what we're fighting. Like, there's, there's a lot going on that I, I think that they should have just well, like, dropped the whole Sokovia I will, I, Well, I, I will admit the Sokovia Accords are problematic. And not, I don't even find them overall problematic for what they are in that film but for the fact that they have very little bearing after this movie. Yeah. Um, how come, now that they exist, they are official, they are signed, how come Spider-Man isn't being picked up by General Ross and told what to do? Um, now, um, they do a little bit of that in Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. That's true, because he's on parole. Right, the, the second Ant-Man. He's, he, you know, he's in trouble over it. Now, part the other part of that, uh, Spider-Man is the big flaw in the whole thing uh-huh. because everything else that occurs after that point is really all the lead into Endgame and Infinity War and things where you threw all the rules out the window anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the fact that nobody has shown up to try to arrest Spider-Man mm-hmm. uh, creates a little bit of a problem with the uh, Sokovia Accords. Yeah. Marisha, what do you think about Civil War? I really enjoyed Civil War. I think I like Winter Soldier better if we're talking Captain America. Captain movies. America. I I I think I preferred Winter Soldier because it was like that. You know that like yeah. wow, it's it's Bucky. But honestly, I feel like in some ways, even though it's like a, a Marvel movie, in some ways I kind of feel like Civil War is the most emblematic of the world that we live in. Marvel movie because it's like here you have these well-intentioned people on opposite sides of the you know on on having this major political debate that sets about destroying everything so it's it's in the Sokovia Accords I I think that you're right David there's the like but aliens like yes collateral damage but they were literally going to destroy the planet yeah like so there are a couple of those things it's like well, some of this is it boils down to the side that wants to do it, the side that wants to control everything or have the government control everything. The government never said no to controlling anything. Right. That's true. Yeah. I mean, really, and I, I do kind of like it more when I think about it like this, General Ross, this is all just an excuse for him to try to find out where the Hulk is because yeah. he's still obsessed about the Hulk. Yeah. Because right. he breaks he's like, where's, where's Banner? It's mm-hmm. like, so when I think about it like that, I like it a little bit more. Like the reason that he cares is because he's just an asshole who really wants to find Bruce Banner because he's mad that Bruce Banner dated his daughter. Right. And he really is the worst, isn't he? Yeah. Man, he is such a jerk. Yeah. Like every time not, he not, comes... a, not a very good person. No. He's like all the politicians that I dislike the most. It's like you are just trying to just run people's lives just to do it. That makes you a jerk. <laughs> yeah, I think one so, of my favorite parts of Black Widow is when she just like totally outsmarts him. He thinks he's got yeah. it, and she's already halfway around the world. Yeah, that was great. That's a great part of Black Widow. Marisha, what was your number five? My number five, Black Panther. Okay, cool. I <laughs> totally get it. Um, 
I won't talk anymore about it. Did you get to tell us what you like about Black Panther when I brought it up? I don't think I'm not really. I don't think I really said anything about it. Tell tell us about Black Panther. So I just I love it was so. Okay, there are some story issues, and I can acknowledge the story that there are some story issues. However, I just loved the feel and the tone. It was so original and it was so creative the way that they kind of worked some really traditional you know aspects of the region into the story and the music was great and the costumes were off the charts phenomenal and I just I thought Wakanda was just super cool I just really liked Wakanda I thought I thought Wakanda was really cool I thought it was a really cool concept and man Chadwick Boseman is just like my favorite thing as Black Panther. He was so phenomenal. And I just, he is. I could have watched him like read the phone book as Black Panther and been there for it. Yeah, That's true. This, I just remembered one more thing that I hate about Black Panther is the what are those joke. But um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, Black Panther, I, I think I hate on it. Too much. It, it's to very honest. interesting, though, that we have Black Panther is the one that we all have in very different places in mm-hmm. our rankings. Where's it for you? Smack in the middle. Hmm. Yeah, these rankings are a bit all over the place. Uh, we're gonna show that again when my number five, which is Iron Man three, which <laughs> Marisha, you had it like your number twenty one or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Iron Man three is just one of my favorites that i go back to a couple times a year i watch it around every christmas season it's my favorite christmas movie yeah so that one's number Uh, 15 for me okay right in the middle uh i love the style because i love shane black Mm -hmm. i i love his style of directing and this is very much a shane black movie and i like when movies in the mcu can stand out in that way and feel like a film made by a person yeah. Not a film made by Marvel. And that's what I love about it. And it's one of the things that it was, how do you rank this? Do you rank it in how you feel about it as part of the whole? Or do you rank it all by, like, as it stands all on its own? If I look at it as a movie totally on its own without any consideration to how it works with the rest of the MCU, it goes way up my list. That's fair. And and, and if, I, if I were thinking about it just as how does it wait, work in the MCU, it would probably go down. There are a lot of flaws with Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 is one of the movies that I have really high up that I can acknowledge has a ton of flaws. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the stuff with Harley is kind of weird, actually. The kid, like, I don't like any of that part of the movie. A lot of the dialogue is kind of weird. It makes no sense to me when you really analyze it. Like he walks in and he's like, who are you? And he's like, and it's like, do you not know who Tony Stark is? And then he's like, is that Iron Man? It's like, okay, so you know who Iron Man is, but not Tony Stark. And then Tony's like, like I'm, I'm Tony, the mechanic. And then, and then the kid's like, well, apparently you're dead. And he throws him a newspaper that says Tony Stark's dead. So it's like, well, what is it, kid? Do you know Tony Stark or do you not know Tony Stark? <laughs> Like, like weird dialogue and stuff like that bothers me. It spends a lot of time there. The part at the end where he blows up all the things. Now, in the movie, that works thematically. That's an arc. That is a character arc. Yeah. 
um, he goes from being obsessed with it. And I love the beginning where he's like suffering from panic attacks and he's building all these suits because he's obs- – it really sets up Age of Ultron pretty well where he's obsessed with the, the defense because he knows that something is coming. Um, and he's but I, and I wish they would have gone more into the panic attack thing and, and played with it. I wish they would have gone – do the alcoholism thing. Do demon in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see it. Uh, let's see him fall off the deep end. Um, I, so I understand the flaws and then, and then he blows it up at the end and it's like, wow, that's a great arc. But then he has to be an age of Ultron. So actually, no, he has Iron Man suits now. Um, but just style wise, I love it. I love the story. I like the villain a lot. The Mandarin twist works for me. It Um, worked for me too. I have to say like of all the things that I just, I felt like we're lackluster about that movie. I thought the Mandarin twist was, was fun and clever. I mean, I think it was clever. Yeah. It was not well loved, but I, I, I appreciated it. So let's move on to number four. Marisha, what is at your number four slot? Uh, Captain America, winter soldier. Okay. Uh, and Andrew, what's at your number four slot? Infinity war. Mm. that's low my number four is actually iron man um so marisha let's talk a little bit about captain america uh winter soldier okay well i I think it's a great film yeah i did and i think i mean i did talk about it a little bit when we were talking about civil war kind of as a comparison and contrast study but i just i love the i love steve and bucky's dynamic and I love the determination that, no, that's my best friend and I'm going to get through to him. It was just such a compelling character movie. You know, I felt like there, you know, he was he was dealing with a lot of stuff personally, but I just I loved the character dynamics. I, I loved, you know, kind of introducing Steve and that they've kind of got. You know, that he shows up on his doorstep with the most wanted man in the world, you know. He's got, they've got this this kind of dynamic going. Um, and I just, I mostly just really like Steve and Bucky um, mm-hmm. together. I just, I really enjoyed their dynamic in the first Captain America movie. And it was such a gut-wrenching twist whenever you, you know, and I I realize as I'm kind of looking through this, a lot of where I rank these movies is really contingent on how I felt about them the first time I saw them. Like this movie, it's like I saw that and it was like that, just that, that pathos and that tragedy of like, you know, the per this person, one of the people that he loves most in the world you know, is trying to kill him and how tragic that is and all of this. Um, and, and it kind of, kind of plays a little bit into how I feel about uh, Captain Marvel. It's just, it was so disappointing for me in the theater that it's like, even if it might be a better movie than I'm giving it credit for, it just was so disappointing. And this movie for me was just so like the, all the, all the shock in all the right places really just, it worked for me. Winter Soldier is one of the best character stories Mm-hmm. In the MCU, yeah, I think Winter Soldier is a great film. Um, I agree; it's one of the best character stories. The dynamic between Bucky and Steve is—it's—it's it's probably the best relationship in the entire MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I yeah, love Winter Soldier's great, and I love that 
you know me, I'm always rooting for platonic relationships uh, because I feel like those are some of the most underrated relationships in entertainment because people feel like, oh, the only the only dynamic that can that matters is romantic love. And that is stupid. And that is a really stupid premise that movies have fallen into for a really long time that, you know, the only real person that really feels when they die is their, you know, boyfriend of two weeks as opposed, you know, as opposed to the friends that they've loved for their whole lives. So anyway. Yeah. Winter Soldier's great. So Andrew, you have infinity war at your number four. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind, we'll come back to that because spoilers, I have mine a little bit higher than that. Okay. Uh, so if that's okay with yeah, you, that's fine. Um, my number four is Iron Man, just the okay. first Iron Man. Um, I, I, I am in love with this movie. I, think it is so freaking cool it is to me it is the coolest mcu movie mm-hmm. the most unapologetically rock and roll cool yes. we are just making a movie because at the time they didn't know they were making the mcu no. so they were just like straight out like john favreau was just like yeah just we're just making a movie you know what do some improv say what you want you know um uh jeff bridges i said that there was pretty much no script they were just kind of allowed to improv some of my favorite scenes in the entire mcu are this one of my favorite moments in the entire mcu is tony stark built this in a cave (laughs) with the box of scraps that's so freaking funny to me the third act falls apart entirely um i do not know obadiah stain's plan at all so he wants to take over stark industries but he can't do that if he's a maniac and a big metal suit killing people he's gonna be arrested so i don't know what he's going for um and like just straight up murdering tony stark it's not it just doesn't make sense and there's the he's a crazy man but i don't like that so that falls apart that that is weak but everything else is so cool. It's a great origin story. I love the montage of him building the suit. It's fun to go back and watch mm-hmm. Tony Stark struggle when yeah. he's basically Superman now. Right. It's fun to watch him struggle. I love the suit. It looks amazing. It still holds up. I love the look of it. It's my it's my favorite Iron Man suit yeah. in mm-hmm. the entire MCU because it is so like mechanical and robotic. He's Iron Man. And, and the colors look great. And, and and now I don't like the nanotech stuff. It's so slick. I like Iron Man, like hard steel. Right. Like punching people and you can hear the metals clinking and it's, it's <laughs> right. It's, it's great. It's great. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely adore this movie. And it is. Honestly, I think that if you look at the rest of the character origin stories, Throughout this, uh, throughout the MCU, so the first Avenger, uh, Black Panther, Incredible Hulk, uh, Spider Man really doesn't even get an origin story. Uh, we got Doctor three Strange, of those, hun. Thor, Captain Marvel. There's not one other origin story that could have launched the MCU. Yeah, I agree. Not in the same way. Maybe like it, Captain America. Maybe. That's the only one that might could have, but I think that Iron Man sets the tone for what becomes the yeah. MC the tone mm-hmm. of the MCU overall. Yeah. Yeah. 
Also, I love the use of ACDC. Yeah. Genius. Like, it's just having fun. You love Led Zeppelin? That's the uh, when when Happy turns on uh, ACDC in the plane during um, oh, during that's Far right. From and Home. Spider-Man and is like, he's like, oh, I love Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah, that was that was funny. Um, uh, though in my heart, I think that Peter Parker would know what ACDC is. Um, but I love ACDC. They and then Black Sabbath. They end the movie. Yes, with the yeah. song Iron Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so cool, and it seems so simple, but it's not. I guarantee you there there are producers dumb enough to not do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they did it for us. Because there would have been there would have been producers or directors that would have been like, nah, that's too on the nose. Yeah, exactly. And like John Favreau, and John Favreau did not care. <laughs> no, John Favreau was incredible. You it's, know, it's it's probably my favorite ending in the entire MCU. Yes, you that know, I, and the ending of Captain America: First Avenger, where he's like. Where he's in the New York, he's in New York and running uh-huh. around, and yeah. Nick Fury's like, "Are you gonna be okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, just I had a date." Cuts the black. That's mm. a great ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love First Avenger. That's my number seven, actually. I love First Avenger a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that one too. I've got that one at number seven. Mm. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah, but Iron Man. Yes, I could, I, I could go on and on, so I'm gonna. It's actually my number on. two. So yeah, I'm with you. It's Iron Man. Yeah, and and, and I'm with you the whole Obadiah. St- but again. You know, me, 18 years old in a movie theater, was like, who knew a comic book movie could be this awesome? Yeah. And it just is. And man, Robert Downey Jr., he is yeah, Iron let's, Man. Yeah, let's not forget, this was this was Robert Downey Jr.'s coming out party as right? far as his return to Hollywood. Yes. This was, everybody thought he was a washed up has-been. They took a real risk. You know, having it's the, him. It's still the best casting in the MCU. Oh, yes. And, yep. and uh, MCU has some incredible casting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but you know, I actually read, I don't know if this is true, but I actually read that there was a whole speech that he was supposed to read um, at that at that press conference. At the end. That he was supposed to actually read a speech, and Robert Downey Jr. was like, nope, I am Iron Man. Yeah. I read that too. I like think Kevin Feige said that he just went totally Tony Stark on the script there. Yeah, which just which like completely changed the direction of the MCU yep. and made Kevin Feige decide. You know what? No secret identities. Yeah, and it is, and I love that. It mm-hmm. is so cool. That's it's one of the best endings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am Iron Man. It's so great. Yeah. Uh, so number three. Wait, Marisha, did you tell us your number four? Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yes. All right. And Andrews was Infinity War. So, number three. Uh, Marisha, what is your number three? Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok is great. Yeah. And Andrew? Endgame. Endgame is also my number three. Uh, so, let's talk about uh, Ragnarok. I have Ragnarok um, at number 11. I have Ragnarok at number nine. Okay, so it's right up there. Now, but once I hit, like, number... My number, like, 12 through 1, to me, are some of the best superhero movies ever made. Mm-hmm. By the way, like, I love Ragnarok. It just didn't quite get there. That's where, hey, I do love Led Zeppelin, actually. Yes. Yeah, um, absolutely. The use of that is, is awesome. But, yeah, Marisha, tell us a little bit about Ragnarok. I mean, it's just... 
It's so fun. And okay, now Ragnarok is the one that I've probably only seen a half a dozen times, but I have listened to it playing in the backseat <laughs> of my car hundreds of times. When I tell you, literally for months, every time my dadgum kids got in the car, they turned on Thor Ragnarok. And in spite of the fact that I could probably quote the movie from beginning to end, it is still, I still consistently, when they turn it on, I zone out of whatever it is I'm, I mean, not totally zone out because I'm driving, but like I turn off whatever audiobook I'm listening to and I listen to the movie going in the backseat because it's just that entertaining. Yeah. Well, this was the movie that, that proved that Thor didn't have to be boring. And yeah. that Chris Hemsworth is freaking hilarious. Yeah, and I know, it and I know, there's so a lot of people that really don't like this because they think because they feel like they turned Thor into a fool. No, and he was always a little bit of a fool by our standards. He's a little <laughs> bit of a buffoon. Well, he is when we first meet him. I mean, he's he's frat frat bro mm-hmm. Thor when we first meet him, just like he is in uh in what, what if. if yeah. Um, he's just doing his own thing. He doesn't care about anybody or anything. What, whose life he destroys along the way. He's Mm -hmm. just out there to do his own thing. Of course, Odin doesn't like it, but it sounds like Odin's backstory was just about as bad. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But seriously though, how many people have you known that like their kids drive them crazy because they're making all the same mistakes they made when they were young. True. Like that is the most parent thing ever. Like how dare you do that stupid thing? And it's like, dude, have you looked at all the stupid things you did when you were 18? Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, and, and I totally get that. Like I get the people who like the, the D and D Thor, Mm -hmm. um, the Dungeons and Dragons Thor, but this one, he's just so entertaining. And I'll admit that it kind of... I could see someone saying it kind of comes out of nowhere. But, you know, he's been hanging out with humans. And you see a bit of it in, like, Age of Ultron. Like, it's mm-hmm. kind of building up. Yeah. Like he's been hanging out with humans for a long time. He picks up their mannerisms. And and I don't think he's a goofball. Like, okay, he's funny. But I still take him very seriously. That's the thing. He still I deals some, with stuff. Some people feel like they made him the butt of the joke. And I don't right. think... I don't feel like that at no. all. No. No, I, I agree. I, don't I feel think like he is still the commanding presence in he this He makes movie. jokes. Yeah. And like, it's funny, like when he throws the ball and it hits him in the head, like sure. Mm-hmm. But I still think that he is like a serious character. You see that especially in Infinity War mm-hmm. when yeah. he has that great scene because Chris Hemsworth is a great actor where he's with Rocket and he's like, I, my, my brother's dead, my sister's dead, my mother's dead, my father's dead, my best friend's dead. What else have I got to lose? Like, mm-hmm. he's serious. Mm-hmm. He's a serious, dope, freaking badass dude. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a he's a really great actor, but I love his ability to both one his comedic timing is uh, is impeccable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he can also throw in little things and keep a totally straight face. You know, like talking to Rocket and you know calling him Sweet Rabbit. Right. yeah yeah. he's very funny he's so freaking funny some of my favorite jokes in the entire mcu come from ragnarok Mm -hmm. yeah um it's one of the movies i put on if i have nothing to do 
I put on Ragnarok. And Korg. I probably quote Korg more than any MCU <laughs> can. <laughs> the little speech about if the foundations are good, then we'll rebuild. Mm-hmm. Oh. Is... Oh, there are no more foundations. <laughs> Korg is so freaking yep. funny. It's and when so good. And when he, I love... And, and piss off Ghost. Yes. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> the, <laughs> and he runs and he... Kicks the wall. Kicks, kicks the wall and he's talking about um, Doug. Doug. Yes, Doug. New Doug. Yeah. New, new Doug. Doug. Oh, but new Doug. y'all, that scene. <laughs> See you later, he's... new Doug. Yes, yeah, yes. And, and, and he's like, huh, not enough pamphlets. No. <laughs> that's, I saw a pitch for a what if episode. What if Korg made enough pamphlets? <laughs> 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 he takes over his cigar. That's um, hilarious. This is Meek. He's got knives for heads. Yeah. Yep. Korg is great. Korg is great. He's, he's excellent. It's just, it's such an. Like Loki, at Thor and Loki just shine in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they they took everything and they did. I, I think people that were doing Thor felt like it had to be very, very Norse, very old English mm-hmm. kind of thing, uh, where you had to stay true to the, you know, the the era of humanity that we tell these stories in in some ways. And just, just held back too much, and I think Taika was the right person to just open the gates and let it all out and let Chris Hemsworth shine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I mean, really, <sighs> the only thing like and let's he not did forget, Star Ruffalo Trek is fantastic in this movie too. Yes. Yeah. He is. <laughs> Tony's tight pants. One of my yeah, but one of my, I mean one of my favorite scenes is when when he's acting all big and tough and he's gonna jump out and stop the wolf, mm-hmm. yeah, and he's like, you know, because she still doesn't know who he is, right? Yeah, and so he's like, I'll take care of this, and he jumps out of the plane, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I mean, then the big moments, you've got the funny moments, but then the big moments, oh, my God, I mean, when he goes full-powered. Yeah, and, and he comes flying over that, yeah. The music is so freaking cool, and, yeah, the lightning's everywhere. Are you Thor, God of Hammers? Right. Mm-hmm. But he also grows as a character. It's not just this dumbing down of Thor. This is Thor realizing, this is Thor having to say, this is an enemy I can't actually defeat. Mm-hmm. The only way to defeat this is to let the inevitable happen. Yeah. To to let and, Ragnarok happen. Yeah. And Asgard is a people and he learns that lesson. Right. Heimdall's freaking awesome in this movie. Yeah. I love like R- Ranger Heimdall running through the yes. woods. Yeah, I really I am a really big Idris Elba fan. I really hate that he hasn't been particularly fond of playing that character. Mm-hmm. Um I would have actually I think it would be amazing to see a, a Heimdall movie. I would actually love to see a movie set before Thor is born mm-hmm. with Odin mm-hmm. and Heimdall and, uh, you know, Freya, Freya and, and, and all, you know, Hella. Friga. Yeah. Not Freya. Friga. Yeah, Friga. Um, I, I would love to see, I mean, it, it's, there's no, you know, within the MCU, there's no real reason to step back and do that. Except yeah. that it would be awesome. Except that it would be amazing. And maybe, I don't know, a TV show would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Clearly, yeah. um, but I don't think we're ever getting that. But it would be it would be fun. It does appear that um, oh shoot, what's his name? Odin, Anthony. Hopkins. 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 Anthony Hopkins had a lot of fun. That's the other thing. He was having so much fun with Loki Thor. I mean, Loki Loki Odin. Like, he was, like, everybody said that he was just having the time of his life up there being, (sighs) you know, Loki Odin. Yeah. Yeah. He was so funny in that, like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Oh, that reminds me. Matt Damon's in the MCU. Yes. That's true. As Loki, like that's one of the best cameos. I think the only thing that could have made that funnier to me is if we had found out that Loki had actually gone to Earth and gotten Matt Damon <laughs> to yes. play himself. Hey, he didn't say that didn't happen. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That that should be the thing. Like he was like, I shall be played by Matt Damon. <laughs> that's the can that's in my that's my head can. Yes. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so anyway, Andrew, our number three was Endgame. Yep. I think it, number three is the perfect spot for Endgame because the truth is it's not even – when it comes to just quality of movie, in my opinion, it's not even in my top five. But when I take into account how important it is and how epic it is, mm-hmm. it, it's, it ends up at number three. There, um, there's, the big moments are so, so big and they hit so – everything resonates. The, the emotion – uh, it all comes through so well. Uh, it's definitely the most emotional mm-hmm. um, MCU movie with maybe only Infinity War kind of stacking up to it with that ending. Guardians uh, of the Galaxy 2 is, is the most emotional movie for me personally. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Endgame is up there um, for sure. But uh, it's, it's just such a big movie. And it's when it came out, I mean, the first thing I thought was this movie is incredible. I don't know how well it... It's not a movie that you can take it and have it by itself because it's a culmination of so many things. Yeah. And that sort of, like, takes away from it a little bit in some aspects. True. But but on the other hand, it's the culmination of, like, what, 23 movies? 22 movies at the time? Yeah. That's amazing. That's true. But look, if you read Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows and complained to me about not understanding it, I would laugh at you. <sighs> like, if you read that without reading the other Harry Potter books, right? then I would say that's your fault. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, so, you're right. Like, I think it... Um, it doesn't really work as its own movie. You have to have the context for all those moments to hit. Mm-hmm. But still, the moments hit so well. Yeah, they really do. That... It's one of the most incredible theater experiences I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Well, being in the theater when that movie first came out, yeah, and just hearing everyone around you crying, mm-hmm. you hear sniffles, you hear people <laughs> literally bawling, yeah, and then and then you get the all the opposite reaction at the big moments though. You get you know Cheers. Steve wielding the hammer, Avengers. and everybody goes yes. kind of nuts. Yeah, mm-hmm. Avengers Assemble. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's one of my favorite moments in because Captain America is my favorite MCU character, uh, maybe my favorite comic book character. And fair, it's it's one of those moments where you go, okay, like they really did everything with Steve, right? Because for me, it's the moment where you realize, along with Thor, 
that uh, Steve could have picked the hammer up in Ultron. Yeah. Yep. And he chose not to because Steve doesn't want to show anybody up. Right. Yeah. You know the hammer. The hammer doesn't just nudge. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You either pick it up or you don't. Yeah. And and Thor's the only one that sees it kind of move, and he's like, mm-hmm. oh, "But Steve was too humble to pick it up, and that's like and that's, that's why he's worthy. Epitome of Captain America, right? Yep. Right. Yeah. This is definitely Captain America's movie, and I. I think that he deserves it after he was not really featured that much in, in, in Infinity War, and this is Captain America and Iron Man's movie. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, it even ends like the ones. the ending um, was so so fitting with the you know it goes dark and you can hear the hammer mm-hmm. when he's building that right. first Iron Man suit. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this is the cre- everything about this movie is incredible. Like the credits. And yeah. the fact that like all the original Avengers sign it, right? That's so cool. That's such a great idea. And mm-hmm. yeah, the the hammer, and you get to end with Steve getting his dance. Like what a mm-hmm. perfect finale for that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is Iron Man gets an incredible send off. Captain America gets an incredible ending. Um, He's his his last words now. Okay. His last words technically are, pep, pep, pepper, pepper, pep, pep. but in my heart, his last words were, I am Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which just, the way he added that was incredible. Um, I think that Nebula in this movie is great. Mm-hmm. I think War Machine in this movie is great. Ant-Man's great. Black Widow's great. The Ronin scene in this movie is awesome. Um. There's so much to love about this. Oh, movie. that the the scene when when Natasha dies, you know, is gut wrenching. Oh, man, and then that was such high tension because I you genuinely don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, because yeah. you know everyone kind around. of speculated that like oh Cap or Iron Man might die. That was kind of speculated on yeah. pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Never crossed my mind that Black Widow might die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it gets to that scene and you're going, oh my God, one of them's about to die. And they drag it out. Like they, they torture you with it for mm-hmm. a minute. Yeah. Uh, and then in what if they turned it around? It was like, oh God, don't do this. Right. <laughs> I've, I've been hurt enough. <laughs> and, and, you know, it is one of those things that, you know, whenever you realize they're on Boromir, somebody's got to die. And you know that they're both going to be fighting to be the one who dies. And not the one that lives right. because that's how much they care about each other yeah, because they're best friends. And that's, a yeah. thing. there's no romance. It's just a platonic relationship. And it's mm-hmm. like, man, if I was on that planet with my best friend and we had that dilemma, I'd do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, that's actually one of the, that is the most underrated relationship in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's one thing to say to have two guys or two girls have a platonic relationship. <laughs> Uh, even though some people can't handle that. Um, you know, it's like, do that. But to have a guy girl in a fully platonic relationship like that is not something you see very much. Not very much in movies. It's always the, you know, my best friend's wedding. And then, oh, no, turns out I'm in love with him. You always <laughs> got to make it drama. Yeah. But, man, Endgame's great. And it really is. one day... Maybe one day we'll do a full MCU retrospective where we spend an hour on each of these movies. But 
I've got to drive us along and go to our number two slot. Uh, Marisha, what do you have at number two? Well, my, my number two has already been pretty thoroughly exhausted. My number two is Iron Man. Okay, cool. Uh, Andrew, what's your number two? Same, Iron Man. Iron Man, fair enough. My number two is one we haven't brought up yet, which I'm surprised, is Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I expected at least one of the Guardians movies to be in one of y'all's top five. The first um, Guardians movie is way up my list. Um, the second one has some things that just don't resonate well for me. That's interesting. I've heard it's a very mixed thing. Like To me, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is my, it's my personal favorite it's my personal favorite movie in the MCU. My number one is the one I think is genuinely the best movie. Um, but yeah, Guard- Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I love the first one, but the second one just, it ups the ante, but in a way that is more just personal stakes. Yeah, It's more of what I like, just the Guardians hanging out, but now it's made a bit more personal. Yeah, and um, I love the personal story here. Um, yeah. and I, and I think the, the things about guardians too, I, there's a lot of things I really love about this movie. Um, the, the personal story, the action sequences are great. Um, it's a cool story just in general, the way they chose to use ego. Um, I, I love that. The thing that really doesn't work for me in this movie is I feel like they, some of the jokes just do not land for me. I felt like they I've heard just, that a lot. I felt like that um, James Gunn just went way overboard with the 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 humor, and not just that I love the humor, but I feel like some of the jokes are sort of at inappropriate times and they step on the drama. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I've heard that criticism. I just never felt that personally. Like yeah. I, I don't. I don't even know what you're talking about. Like that's how I <laughs> right. like when you say that. Like it just I just didn't have that problem, but I've heard people do have that problem. Yeah. Now the thing is, it's further down my list, but I still love that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that it's, Ego It's the Ego's, closest we'll ever get to Star Wars in the MCU for one. Is the two yeah. Guardians movies. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. Um Ego's my favorite villain. Uh even above Thanos. I I love ego a lot because kurt russell is just having a blast Mm -hmm. and he is giving it his all and he was great choice i think he was so cool i love the relationship between him and peter uh i I love his motivation and his goal and his plan and i love his arrogance and his complete disassociation from humanity Mm -hmm. uh one of my favorite scenes in any movie ever is when Peter is, is been granted like the power by ego and he's seeing all these things. He's like, it's beautiful. And you see the stars in his eyes and Eagles walking around and he's like, shame. I had to put that tumor in her head. Mm-hmm. And even though Peter is having this incredibly mind blowing transcending moment that snaps him right out of it. though what and the way the cinematography is i love the cinematography in this movie there's so many interesting great shots what and and it zooms in and like ego turns around like i know that sounds bad and just blasting just i love that so much because i don't think there's enough of that in movies enough of people being like oh i'm gonna shoot you now Mm -hmm. yeah um 
there's there's something that I can appreciate about that. Yeah. Um, and I just love the idea that his love for his mom was so strong that he, even though he's seeing like all the secrets of the universe, hearing that snaps him out of it completely. Mm-hmm. Um, he's more just, interested in that than he is in the fact that he could be a god. The fact basically. he could be god doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It, it, this guy killed my mom. Like. That's one of the things I like about Tony Stark in Civil War. Whenever Steve's like, he didn't know. He didn't know. And Tony Stark's like, he killed my mom. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I don't care what your excuse is if you killed my mom. Right. I don't care what you can give me. Um, so I just love that scene. I, I love the scene when Drax and Mantis are sitting outside and – Drax is talking about his family and Mantis puts her hand on him and she just gets overwhelmed with the motion and Drax is just sitting there completely stone faced. Mm-hmm. Like that's a great way to show the emotion that he feels without mm-hmm. ruining his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Dave Batista is incredible as Drax. Um, I love Nebula in this movie. I love uh, Rocket Raccoon. In I was going to say, I think my favorite dynamic in this whole film is Rocket and Yondu's uh, yeah. relationship. Rocket and Yondu are great. I love. Um, okay, Baby Groot doesn't really work for me that well. That's the one thing I don't like about. He's comic it. relief. That's all he is, and not in, yeah. a, in a movie full of comic relief. Baby Groot is the yeah. comic relief, especially because in the first Guardians, Groot was funny, but he was also like he got crap done, and then. Groot had that super emotional ending where even though mm-hmm. he was funny, that's one of my other favorite scenes in the MCU is when he goes, we, the, we are Groot scene mm-hmm. in the first guardians to turn that into just comic relief. Just, I hated it. Um, but that's the only thing that like, I really didn't like Yondu's great. I love the story between Yondu and star Lord. Um, mm-hmm. the, he may have been your, father boy but he wasn't your daddy yeah. now personally i have i have a great relationship with my actual father but for many people who like who don't have a good relationship with their father and only have like a stepfather mm-hmm. i'm sure that resonated super well with them that story i would yeah. imagine yeah no i think that's a really cool moment uh and then i love uh yondu's funeral mm-hmm. yeah it was yeah. really cool it was a really really cool big moment in the MCU. Yeah. And then the Ravengers show up and they start, they do the whole ceremony and you see Sean Gunn like, yes, yes. Like that was a fist bump moment for me. Yeah. Cause they had built it up really well throughout the movie and established what that meant for him to be able to get that. Mm-hmm. And so to know that he gets that honorable funeral, like that was a super emotional moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's still on to show back up. I yeah. do too. I really do too. I think that they're in a portal in Endgame. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, but it's you know it's one of the a million portals right. where they walk through. So who cares? Um, yeah, they can have them in it, but they can't put Daredevil in it. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll stop rambling on about Guardians too. I just I love this movie. Yeah, I love it so much. The music, of course, the music. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank God for Fleetwood Mac. Uh, the chain is such a great like theme for this movie. Um, yeah. I love a lot of the shots. Just, okay. I, I love this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. So let's move on to our number one picks. Number one picks. 
Marisha, what's your number one? Um, Captain America, First Avenger. Ooh, and Andrew? Uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Oh, and my number one is Infinity War. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Marisha, Infinity War's not even in your top five? I mean, it's not that I didn't enjoy it, not that, not that I didn't think it was a great movie, but it appears by looking at my list that I gravitate towards standalone stories. Fair enough. I love Captain America, the first Avenger, but tell us a little bit about why you love Captain America, the first Avenger, why it's your number one MCU movie. It it is the movie that if I'm just going to go turn on an MCU movie, just to watch, just to have something playing. It's the one I'm going to turn on every time. Anytime my kids say, let's watch a Marvel movie. I'm like, Ooh, how about Captain America? Because I just, I love I love me a really heroic hero. And I love the altruistic, genuine decency that Steve Rogers had. He's he's of all the characters that we have in the MCU, especially at the beginning. He is the one who is, um, you know, to kind of rip from, you know, your classic, you know, stories he he's the pure of heart character Mm -hmm. that we've got there he is the one he's your lance a lot he is he's lance he is he's the noble character and i'm a sucker for the good guy um and there's always the interesting kind of morally gray characters and those stories are always interesting to explore but at the end of the day if i'm just going to sit down and watch a story i'm going to watch a movie about the good guy who wins it's nice to watch a movie about a guy that you can trust. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's cool watching movies about like Loki, where it's like, "Ooh, what's he gonna do?" Right. But it's also it's always nice to sit down and be like, "I know Cap's got this." Yeah. Captain America is the one character in the MCU who doesn't change, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's because he's already perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love about that whole thing, like all the Captain America movies, I've got a Captain America movie as my number one. And I've got, I mean, this one's at my number seven, and it's probably the one I watch the most outside of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And because it's 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 simple, it's an easy to follow story, and if I'm working, that's the one I turn on. And we can all acknowledge the Nazis are the bad guys. But that's that's what I love about this. This proves the point of so many people wrong. This is the parallel to Superman, right? So Superman, oh, Superman doesn't work in the modern age, mm-hmm. right? That's, yeah, that's the argument. That's the argument that DC keeps making. He's Be- not relatable. Because He's- the World War II soldier who literally wears a flag for a uniform is super relatable. And that's the thing. You can say that about Captain America, but then Marvel turned around and said, you know what, we're going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And they made him exactly that character. And it works so unbelievably well. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know... He's my favorite MCU character. It's, it's kind of like watching the first Star Wars movie. It's like, he, he he's Luke Skywalker, and, you know, he's kind of young and naive, he's, but he's going to do the right thing, by golly. He's the role model here. He's the one character... He's the character that I want my kids to watch and go, I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. And I love his dynamic with Peggy because... They've got such a sweet, you know, they've got such a sweet relationship. Um, and it's, they're not playing games and they're not, you know, 
and and she sees his merit whenever he's you know five foot three and mm-hmm. you know like she looks at all of these you know strapping impressive physical specimens and she sees that he is the worthwhile person in that crew um and you know i just and and i love and i also love peggy carter like peggy carter um in the the first avenger is just one of my very favorite characters in the mcu as well um and 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 also you know at at risk of beating a dead horse i i love the bucky and cap dynamic but it's also this great story you know it's like like talking about him as a role model, but it's mm-hmm. also the hey, it's not the it's not the muscles or even the shield that mm-hmm. make you that make him special. Well, it's, it's 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 the you know don't look at the outward appearance, look at the heart because that you know yeah yeah and now the outward appearance helps when you're punching Nazis in the face, but that's does. not what makes him Captain America, right? Yeah, yeah, I love the relationship between Bucky and Cap in this movie because it's another thing where like. If my best friend was lost behind enemy lines, I like to think that I would get in a plane and go get him too. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, no, you want to be like Cap. Yeah. And Cap is someone we should all expi- aspire to be like. And this movie is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. I love this movie because it is straight up a World War II movie. Yes. And like I said with Iron Man, uh, and like I said with Iron Man 3, I love movies that are just straight up, like, obviously made by a filmmaker who want to mm-hmm. make this movie. You got the guy who made The Rocketeer mm-hmm. to come make this, which was perfect choice. Yeah. And it is a period piece World War II movie. Mm-hmm. And I love it so much for that. And, you know, and there's something about, you know, in, in spite of the fact that in retrospect, there were a lot of issues um, in, in America at the time, I think that that's the last time whenever young men signed up in mass to fight Nazis because Nazis are evil, I think it's the last time that America could claim any kind of moral superiority, you know, that's fair to say, I think. And, and I think that there's, and I think that that's part of the reason that World War II movies are so endearingly popular is because it's one of the few moments in American history where we can look with pride and say, we did that and it was the right thing. Even though people did things, obviously, you know, in, in war, people do things that are not the right thing. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. that moment where you can put your finger on it and say, as many wrong things as we've done, we did this and that was right. And, you know, we want to, that's, that's what we want to be. That's who we want to continue to be as, as Americans. And since he's Captain America, you know, I think he's emblematic of how we like to see ourselves. I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. Exactly. Exactly. The great thing about the Captain America trilogy is that it begins with him going, I can do this all day. And it ends with him going, I can do this all day. It's Mm -hmm. the only trilogy that i think actually feels like a trilogy mm-hmm. yeah that has like a beginning middle end I, um, and i think part of that is because it does have beginning middle and end it's also the character is very consistent throughout mm-hmm. um, because thor and like we discussed earlier some people like the change to thor for the third one some don't but whether you love it or hate it it's sort of like it, it, there's it's a, a clear shift. distinction between mm-hmm. Thor in one and two and Thor in Ragnarok. 
So your number one was Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Uh, Which we already talked about a little bit. Yeah, we already talked about it a little bit, so I won't go very, you know, I won't talk about it too much. Um, Again, best character film, I think. um, I'm a sucker for a spy movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a little bit of a soft spot for this one because this was the the only of the bunch where I got to sit in a very small room and listen to the director uh, talk about every single scene in this movie. Oh yeah, the the, the screen junkies. Uh, yeah, they uh, hosted panel. that panel with uh, the Russo brothers. You were yeah, there, weren't awesome. you, David? Huh? Weren't you there? Weren't you at that screen? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was there. Um, because you gave me your ticket to get to go sit with Andrew at the um, <laughs> at the big Civil War panel. That's right, because the kids wanted to go to the costume contest. See, the things yeah. we do for our children. The sacrifices you make. Well, there you go. You got to go, so I'm glad you enjoyed and then, it. And then I got to go meet Haley Atwell because you wanted to go to another panel. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And, no, that, that was something else my kids wanted to do. I don't remember what it was, but something my kids just had to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Yeah, and then that was awesome, the screen junkie of the Russo. That's actually where we heard the Russos say that, like, we wanted to prove that you can have a platonic relationship. Mm-hmm. We were talking about earlier. It's like, okay, be honest. You <laughs> totally think they might have been together. Like, come on, you were setting yeah. it up. but yeah. Yeah, I think they were setting it up, and someone over their head said, "Hey, we're not doing that." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, there's really nothing else to say about it uh, that we haven't already said. It, it's um, it's great. It is top to bottom an incredibly well made movie. Mm-hmm. It is. It's solid, solid script, solid plot story. It it all follows and adds up for me. There's no plot holes in it that I can think of off the top of my head, which I think is very impressive for a movie like this, like the spy movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like it a lot. My number one was infinity war, which I think is the most epic thing I've ever seen mm-hmm. in my entire life. Endgame is epic with that big final battle, but this one, man, it just, to me, infinity war just works so much better as a movie. Yeah. I think it, it does. Is, it does. It's, it's less of, it's less of a, less of a roller coaster. Uh, Endgame's kind of an up and down roller coaster for mm-hmm. me, while this one is straight throughout like boom, 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 and it balances all these things really well and has some great moments in it, and it's just so solid and has a nice beginning, middle, end. I, I think it has some great cinematography, some it's some great visuals. I think the character pairings were really good, good choices. I like the dynamic between a lot of them, the dialogue between all of them. I think some of the action scenes are great. The weakest part of the movie for me is Captain America because he just really needs nothing to do in this movie. But other than that, I just adore this movie. I, this is the one. I, this is the one that I go back to the most that I put mm-hmm. on the most when I just need something to watch it's it's infinity war. Cause you can skip to any point in infinity war and it's an entertaining scene. Mm-hmm. There is no bad scene in this movie that I could think of. Mm-hmm. Thor's great in it. Iron Man's great in it. Spider-Man's great. Dr. Strange is great. The guardians are great. Um, <laughs> My poor kids. When those people great. got yeah. dusted. They were like, but, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone got dusted. It's like, now see, I don't know why people didn't. Okay, so the movies were announced as Infinity War Part One and Two. So in my head, I was like, "Oh, well, at the end of the first one, they're gonna lose." 
Yeah. And then you go back to part two. Like that that was just obvious to me. But apparently for a lot of people it was not obvious. Uh because people were like, what the hell? I did not <laughs> expect Spider-Man to die. That though. was so, my thing. When that happened, yeah, Spider-Man being in that like, in that ad-libbed line, mm-hmm. yeah, wow. uh, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good, and I don't want to go. Yeah, uh, like it's just a great scene, and that tugged at the heartstrings because I Man. was like, I killed Spider-Man. He's not going to be in the next. What the heck? I just watched Peter Parker. That's fine. Like I never would have guessed. That Spider uh, Spider Man would have been the last one that I mm-hmm. thought they would dust. Yep. But they did. They sure enough did. It was pretty messed up. <laughs> yeah, we've already established how David feels about things that are pretty messed up. Yeah. Pretty messed up in the head, I guess. <laughs> like my favorite MCU movie is the one where they all die at the end. <laughs> the only one where the heroes lose. Right. But that's another thing. This is great as a Thanos story. He's yeah. a great villain. Just it every makes, character it, in this world. This is me. what this makes Thanos the villain that we had been promised for years at this point. Mm-hmm. Like he's always just in the background. We never really get him. It's like you've hi- you spend years hyping this villain up, and it's like, is it gonna work when you actually do it? And it does completely. Mm-hmm. And it's the. Uh, in a lot of ways, this is very much Thanos' movie, and it's it's the the payoff is all there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all there. Infinity War is a great movie, and I could go on and on, but we're gonna wrap it up because we have been going for a while now. I'm gonna wrap it up with one more question, and I don't want to get into why. I just want to know the <laughs> most recent two movies. That we saw were Shang-Chi and Black Widow. Yes. Where do they fall for you? I'll go first. I'll just say Black Widow falls right in the middle at, I think I have it at number 15, literally. Yeah, number 15, Black Widow. Mm -hmm. And I have Shang-Chi at number seven, right behind Guardians of the Galaxy at number six. What about you guys? That's So I really want to see, my problem with both of those movies that I've only, is that I've only watched them once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I really feel like I need to watch them again to really assess them. Normally, these movies I would see two or three times in theaters. But we don't have a but theater anymore. we don't have a anymore. theater anymore. So yeah. uh, that has made that a lot more difficult. Um, currently, I've got Black Widow actually pretty low. I've got Black Widow all the way down at 19. I've got Black Widow at 17, so we're pretty much... And I've got Ant-Man. Not Ant-Man. I've got Shang-Chi... At at eleven, I've got him at nine. So Next. we pretty much you, we've got him two 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 yeah. spaces away. Yeah, All you guys us. can check out our reviews of Shang Chi and Black Widow. Those are both on YouTube, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, those so, are on YouTube and coming up soon. Hopefully, we will be talking Dune on the YouTube channel. Yes. And the reason that we're doing this right now with Marvel is so that in a few weeks we can revisit and talk about where the Eternals lands on this list for us. And I'm sure we'll do a review of Eternals on the YouTube channel as well. That is the science fictionary on YouTube. Guys, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up here for the night? I don't think so. I am so tired. <laughs> I have many thoughts, but I'm gonna let it go. Yes, yeah. I, um, I think I think we're about talked out. Like, uh, don't tempt me. As pre- predicted, we uh, 
We we were pretty long winded on that, but. And I thought we could do it in 45 minutes. Right. Yeah. I knew you were being overly optimistic. I knew better. Yeah. We've been at this three hours now, so probably time to call it. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to leave us a like, a subscribe, a review, a comment, whatever you can do on whatever your preferred platform is for listening to our podcast. And don't forget to check out all the other episodes of the Science Fictionary Podcast. We do stuff like this all the time. You can read the descriptions, find something that sounds good to you. We've got pillars, we've got lists, we've got all sorts of fun stuff. Andrew, tell us where we can find you and the rest of the Red 5 Network on the internet. Okay, you can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Sci underscore Fictionary. You can also find us, we do have an Instagram page uh, that I'm trying to figure out what to put on there more, but uh, it's at the Science Fictionary. Um, let's see, you can drop us a line at the sciencefictionary at gmail.com and absolutely be sure to go check out red5network.com or at red5network on Twitter for all of the rest of the Red 5 podcast family. There are so many podcasts, such a huge variety of podcasts. There is absolutely something for everyone. And Marisha? You can find me on Instagram at princesses underscore and underscore Padawans. And I'm P Padawans on Twitter. Maybe someday I'll post one of those places again. Maybe. If you follow me, then you'll know. Oh, sorry. No, no, sorry. My bad. I am David underscore JG Peoples on Twitter. And until next time, as we proved here tonight by recording for three hours, I can do this all day.